You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. Jesus that he never shies away from telling us the truth. He never shies away from telling us the truth. And we, as Christians, brothers and sisters, should never shy away from telling each other the truth. Even if the truth sometimes cuts deep, we need to be truthful with one another. But if we follow Jesus's pattern, we tell truth, we comfort, and we encourage the same pattern that we should follow. Are you afraid to tell the truth because you don't want to hurt anyone's feelings? As Pastor Dave shares, this is not the way Jesus handled confrontation. Pointing out someone's sin can be done in a loving way. Use today's message to boldly tell the truth, offer comfort, and encourage. Now here's Pastor Dave in the book of John chapter 16 as he begins his message. Be of good cheer. can't believe it, but we're actually going to finish John 16. We've come to the end of John 16, 29 through 33. His disciples said to him, see now you are speaking plainly and using no figurative speech. Now we are sure that you know all things. We have no need that anyone ask should question you, but this we believe that you came forth from God. Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? Indeed, the hour is coming, yes, has now come, that you will be scattered, each to his own, and will leave me alone. And yet, I am not alone, because the Father is with me. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. I had to go back and look into the CDs, and I found that for the last several months, beginning last April, we've been studying what is known as the Upper Room Discourse. The Upper Room Discourse that began in chapter 13 with what we call the Last Supper. That's when this began, and we began our study of this in April. And it has continued as Jesus and his disciples left the Upper Room and they made their way down through the Jerusalem, and they're coming to the Garden of Gethsemane. And throughout the Upper Room Discourse, there's been a pattern to Jesus' words. There's been a pattern of what he's been trying to say to his disciples, and I believe what he's trying to say to us. He begins with truth, and then he comforts. And after he comforts, he encourages. So I see this pattern throughout this discourse, a pattern of truth, of comforting, and of encouraging. Jesus told them truth. He was leaving. He was leaving them. This broke their hearts. This absolutely devastated them. But he told them truth. He was leaving. And then he comforted them in their sorrow 
about the fact that he was leaving, telling them that their sorrow would be turned to joy. It would be transformed into joy. And then he's been encouraging them in the hope, and he's been encouraging them in the hope of his soon to finish work on the cross. And he's been ensuring them that they would see him again. And they would not be left as orphans because he would ask the Father, and the Father would send the Comforter, the Helper, the Spirit of Truth. In chapter 14, Jesus promises that, yes, he's going away, but although he's going away, he's going to prepare a place for them in his Father's house. And then he promises that I'm going to come back and I'm going to get you and I'm going to bring you with me so that where I am, there you may be. He addresses their concerns about their troubled hearts. Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. He encourages their faith. Then we came to John 15 and he described this beautiful picture, this beautiful metaphor analogy of, of, of him being the vine and us being the branches, and how we're to produce lasting fruit while abiding in him. Glorious picture that he showed us. God, the father, being the husband, husbandman, the gardener. And after that, after that beautiful analogy, he abruptly transitioned to warning them that, hey, the full brunt of the world is going to come against you. Why? Because they hated me, they're going to hate you. They hated me, they're going to hate you. And then he turns around and he encourages them again that the Holy Spirit is coming. And the Holy Spirit will help you and lead you into all truth. It will teach you of things of me. And then in John 16, he goes back to the hatred of the world. So you see this pattern, back and forth, back and forth. Truth, comfort, encouragement. And sometimes comfort, truth, encouragement. It keeps going back and forth. But in John 16, he encouraged the disciples once again with a glorious description of what the Holy Spirit would do in their lives. It would convict of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. And it would shine in the midst of a dark place, a very, very dark place, by doing this, giving all glory to God through Jesus Christ. So according to the pattern, it shouldn't surprise us that after this word of encouragement, Jesus again forces the disciples to face the brutal facts. I'm leaving. I'm going away. But you'll see me for a little while, and then I won't be with you. But it won't be the way that you're accustomed to seeing with me. I love Jesus that he never shies away from telling us the truth. He never shies away from telling us the truth. And we, as Christians, brothers and sisters, should never shy away from telling each other the truth. Even if the truth sometimes cuts deep, we need to be truthful with one another. But if we follow Jesus' pattern, we tell truth, we comfort, and we encourage the same pattern that we should follow. He knew his disciples were going to be bitterly sorrowful when he left. The world was going to rejoice. Yay, we got rid of them, we killed them but they were going to be sorry. Jesus brings us comfort in the middle with his word. And he says this beautiful thing to his disciples in 1622. Therefore, you know, now have sorrow, but I will see you again and your hearts will rejoice and your joy no one will take from you. Again, encouraging them with truth, comfort, and encouragement. So we're coming to the end of this discourse. There getting very, very close to their destination. 
And Jesus promises the disciples that a time is coming that he will no longer speak to them in figurative language, but he will tell them plainly about the Father. He tells them that the Father himself will answer all the questions that they have from now on, and they're to pray to the Father in his name by the Holy Spirit. He tells them plainly, I came from the Father into this world, and now I'm leaving this world and I'm going back to the Father. The disciples heard this and they got excited. They, they got excited and something happened in their hearts and they, they thought they began to understand. And they respond as we come to our text today with this in verse 29. His disciples said to him, see now, you are speaking plainly, using no figure of speech. Now we are sure that you know all things and have no need that anyone questions you. By this, we believe that you came forth from God. In these two short verses, the disciples are affirming their understanding of what he said. They're affirming the understanding that he's going back to the Father from whom he came from. But they're also affirming their faith. This was a huge step for these guys. This was a huge step for them to affirm their faith this way. They've come a long, long way. All of a sudden, they've moved out of the spiritual fog that they were in, and they began to see things very, very clear. And they make this tremendous profession of faith. Look at the words they use. We are sure. We know you know all things. We believe that you came forth from God. All words of expressing faith, all words of expressing faith in Jesus Christ. Now, many of the scholars think that disciples' claim was presumptuous. They think it was a presumptuous claim. Why? Because of the actions that are going to happen in a very little while around the cross, when they all just bolt and run away. But Jesus accepted their faith. And I love this about Jesus. Jesus will accept the minutest amount of faith that you have. He will accept that. And he will work with that. He meets you right where you are. He meets you exactly where you are in the faith that you have, the faith that you can muster up. Scripture says that we've all been given a measure of faith. So if we live up to that measure of faith, what happens? He gives us more, and we get more faith, and we live up to that measure of faith. But Jesus will meet you at the smallest amount of faith that you have. We have to remember that the disciples were searching for peace They were searching for peace in their hearts. Their hearts were broken. They had been ripped in two. Jesus was leaving them. Their minds were in a tailspin. They desperately wanted to understand what was happening. They desperately wanted peace about what was happening in their lives. But there was a problem. Notice where the security of the disciples rested. It rested on the ability that they thought they had to understand what Jesus was saying to them. They wanted to know. They wanted to know, and then by knowing, they thought they would have peace. Now we know. Now we understand. Jesus had been speaking to them in figures of parables, metaphors, and analogies. The vine, the branches, the washing of the feet, woman in childbirth, and all those things, all these illuminating figures. But now you're speaking plainly to us, the disciples declared. And we know and understand that you are indeed from God. So they felt this sense of security because they understood what Jesus was saying. Jesus knows in a very short time they're going to fail. They're going to fail him. You know, it is possible to have faith 
have understanding and have assurance and still fail the Lord. It's still possible to have that, but, but to help us from, keep this from happening, we have to practice our faith. We must apply our understanding and we must rest in our insurance. If we don't, we indeed will fail when testing comes. And let me assure you, brothers and sisters, let me give you one word of advice. Trouble will come. Testing will come in some form or the other. We need to know what we believe and stand on it and trust in it. Jesus' reply to the disciples is nothing more than priceless. I love when he says in verse 31, do you now believe? <laughs> do, do you now believe? You mean, wait a minute, you finally get it? After three and a half years, it finally stunk into your thick skulls? You finally get it? After all the miracles, after all the words I've said to you, after all the things you've seen in me, after everything you know, now you believe because you think you understand what's about to happen? And that's why you believe? I don't know about you, but this is just like me. <laughs> I think that God has to explain what we're going through. And then I'll feel secure. If I only knew what the Lord was doing in my life and why I'm going through that, that would make me secure. Just like a, one of the disciples, they're no different than I. My peace wants to rest on the knowledge that what is happening. That's where I want my peace to be. All right, if you only told me what was going on, I could live with that. I could be peaceful. But the Lord is very careful to point out that this kind of peace is very insecure and it's not very long-lived. This kind of peace that the disciples thought that they now had. Look at 32a. Indeed, the hour is coming, yes, has now come that you will be scattered. <laughs> Jesus basically tells the disciples that within an hour, they're going to be running away like a bunch of frightened little girls. They're going to be leaving him. You say you know who I am. You say you understand that I came from God. You say that I know all things. Do you know that very shortly, in fact, within an hour, there's a group coming right now. Coming over the hill, they're being led by Judas. There's a group coming right now. You're going to be so confused, you're going to be so uncertain of what's happening that you're going to run away and leave me alone. You'll desert me like that in a heartbeat. Rather than trusting me to work things out, you'll forsake me and not want to be identified with me. Jesus knew. Jesus knew. Remember when we studied the... The Supper, chapter 13, Jesus warns Peter that you'll deny me three times. Now he's telling them all, hey, you guys aren't any better than Peter because you're not going to be around either. Only one of them stayed at the cross. Only one of them was at the foot of the cross when Jesus died. And that's the writer of this gospel, the Apostle John. He's the only one that stayed. All the rest of them scattered. I have no doubt that Jesus did not doubt the belief of the disciples, but he wanted their faith not to be shaken. He warned them that your faith is going to be shaken. Stand strong. You need to settle it in your hearts so that you can stand strong. Your faith is going to be severely tested. And he's saying, and you're going to leave me alone. You're going to bolt. You're going to leave me alone. Maybe that describes you when you're going through a hard time. 
Maybe when your faith is severely tested, you don't want to read the Word of God. You don't want to fellowship. You don't want to come to church. You don't want to witness. Maybe you just want to leave Jesus alone. Maybe you just want to leave him to himself because your faith is broken, your faith is shaken. And maybe you feel guilty because your faith is shaken. Maybe you feel guilty because you're not trusting in him the way you think you should or the way you think it was supposed to be. A Christian doesn't act like this. Maybe that's what you're thinking. And yes, sometimes when our faith is tested, we fail. Sometimes when our faith is tested, we fail. You know what? In the Gospel of Mark, in chapter 9, beginning at verse 14, there's this story of a boy who had a demonic spirit within him. The disciples had just gotten back, or the big three, Peter, James, and John, and Jesus, had just gotten back from the mountain, from the transfiguration. They had just gotten back. And the crowd was all there. And they were all discussing what was going on with this young boy. And some of them says, teacher, I brought my son who has a mute spirit. And wherever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth. He gnashes his teeth and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out. But they could not. They could not. Jesus' words were, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. And they brought him to him. And when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him and fell on the ground and swallowed and foaming at the mouth. So Jesus asked the father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And often he has thrown himself in the fire and into water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you, can't if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. I love this. I love this. this father, imagine this father, this boy, Seeing his son in this condition, can't help him. Every time he turns around, the boy is in a fit on the ground, foaming at the mouth, throwing himself in fire, throwing himself in water. These, these horrible things. Can you imagine how it ripped the father's heart apart? How the father must be lamenting over his poor boy and seeing him in this, in this trouble. In desperation, he tries to find Jesus, and he can't find Jesus. He brings him to the disciples, and the disciples can't help the boy. The disciples can't help the boy. And then he sees Jesus, and as he's taking the boy to Jesus, the evil spirit comes upon him, and the kid's all over the place, writhing and foaming at the mouth. Can you imagine what the father's heart is doing? Oh, my gosh. He pleads with the Father, oh Lord, if you can do anything, please, please help us. Have compassion on us. And Jesus says these beautiful words. It's a glorious promise, a glorious, glorious promise from Jesus. If you believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Father looked up at Jesus. He looked up at Jesus. I would imagine the look on his eyes was in bewildered. And he says to Jesus, Oh Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. It's 
It's my prayer that God would help us in the areas of my life where I still have unbelief. Poor father was challenged by Jesus' exhortation of faith. All things are possible to him who believes. But the father did believe in Jesus. Why else would he take the boy to him? Why else would he take the boy to Jesus if he didn't believe in Jesus? I mean, after all. But he also recognized, one thing I love about this guy, he recognized his own doubts. He recognized that he had doubts in his life. So he tearfully pleads with Jesus, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Was this man in rebellion against God? Absolutely not. He was not in rebellion against God or rejecting God's promises. He didn't deny God's promises. He desired it. But it just seemed too good to be true. My son's been that way for years and years and years. I can't believe that he could be healed. I can't believe that this could happen. Maybe you're going through something that you've been going through for year after year after year, and you can't believe that you could possibly be healed. Oh, Lord, help your unbelief. Oh, Lord, help our unbelief in these situations. Help our unbelief. Help our unbelief. Jesus tells the disciples, hey, you guys are going to bolt, man. You guys are going to run. You're going to run away from me. You'll be scattered, and you're going to leave me all alone. But yet he comes back and says, and yet I'm not going to be alone. In other words, my security won't be threatened in that hour when you run away. My security doesn't depend upon you. My security depends upon the Father who is with me. Look at 32b. And yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. You know, all through this discourse, Jesus had been trying to encourage disciples. Jesus is the master encourager. He's trying to lift the disciples up. He's trying to bring them up because he knows their hearts are broken. But think about this. Think about this. In mere minutes, maybe not even an hour, Jesus is going to be arrested. He knew what was coming. Can you imagine knowing that the Father was going to be with him? What an encouragement it was for Jesus. What an encouragement this was for Jesus, knowing that the Father was going to be with him. Can you imagine? It must have been great encouragement. He was about to be beaten. He's about to be scourged and crucified. He's about to face the most horrible death at that time that anyone could possibly face. But he knew he wouldn't have to face it alone. Although his men would scatter, save one, he knew the Father would not leave him. How good is your relationship with Christ? You bank on Hebrews 13.5, when Jesus says, Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Because Jesus is ever with us, we can be content in all situations. You are Our time with you is coming to an end today on A Sure Hope. On our next edition, Pastor Dave Shank will continue this journey through the book of John. But for now, you can listen to more teachings from this series online at assurehoperadio.com. 
We encourage you to download these messages so that they are available wherever you go. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Just search for A Sure Hope and see the latest editions as soon as they're posted. If you're enjoying these teachings and would like to get more involved with the church behind this ministry, we'd love to meet you at Calvary Chapel Cape May for a time of worship and Bible study. We meet weekly on Sundays at 10 a.m. Give us a call for more information. Our number is 609-884-5821. Again, that's 609-884-5821. Otherwise, you can visit Assure Hope Radio for times and directions. If you're not able to join us in person, we're streaming our services on Facebook Live. Just look for the link on our website at assurehoperadio.com. Thanks for listening to today's message in the book of John. We pray you continue to be blessed as you study the Word and that you discover how God's doing great things in your life. We look forward to you joining us again as Pastor Dave has more to share from this book that entails where Jesus walked and the amazing wonders he performed while here on earth. He's still doing wonders today too. Come hear about that next time on A Sure Hope.